WOWL Comic Chat. Uh, with me today, we have Boomstam. The man that's in all 100 DCL servers somehow um, and is helping moderate all of them. So so awesome. And welcome, Boomstam. Uh, next up, we have Digidax. Hey, guys. What's up? And then uh, next, we have Hawkeye. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And Hawkeye's making a run to try to beat down some of the hackers in uh, in Siege this month for anybody that's following DCL. Um, so good luck with that, Hawkeye. Uh, and so, you know, real quick, we want to kind of run through, you know, guys, a lot's happened. We've had a lot of time that's passed uh, since last we got together. Uh, so does anybody, you know, have any favorite DC things, anything uh, that they want to share, we want to kind of talk through real quick before we kind of jump into all the fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, I was really excited uh, for the last couple of months and World's Finest. They've actually been doing a Metamorpho story, uh, which I don't think we're going to dive too deep in on that. But uh always like when weird characters like that show up in the comics. He's he's a personal favorite of mine. So, Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've I've. uh I've liked the comic so far. It kind of told a little bit more of his story, kind of, you know, introducing him again to probably some current readers, you know, haven't, I haven't seen him like out and about a lot lately, but yeah, I agree. Anybody else? Boom Sam or Digidax, you guys have anything? I don't know if you've been reading Batman Joker, the Deadly Duo. I have not. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've read it. I have. It's kind of weird seeing those two together, you know, as, as, you know, partners. I don't know if you guys read uh, uh, I don't know. I don't remember what it's called, but it was the last book of uh, um, Snyder and uh, was the artist. Uh, yeah, Capullo. Yeah, uh, you know, it was a story about Batman in the future, where he was walking around with uh, the head of the Joker. It kind of remind me of that. That they they kind of partnered up on that one. Uh, so that was kind of weird and fun. So I wonder how that will conclude. Okay, and so I have a interesting story, something that fun happened DC podcast-wise. Uh, so I am listening to our last episode, and we're all planning on getting to dinner and we get my vehicle, and all of a sudden, you know, my headset turns into the car, and the car speakers start playing our podcast. So, friends in the car, and one of my friends, um, we'll refer to her as Schwinnifer, because she didn't want me to use her real name. She is like groans, oh God, comic book talk, I uh, can't wait. And so... It's a part where I'm droning on and on about phase one, gods and monsters. And all of a sudden, she hears Burger start to interject with Action Comics uh, 1051 or something. And she was like, oh, my God, who's that? I'm like, uh, that's Burger from our podcast. She's like, Burger? He sounds like a sex fear Ryan Seacrest. So we... <laughs> I mean, and after that, she's hooked. She's listening. She's like, what's, what's this action comics? What's, uh, what's this Lazarus planet? Uh, we get to dinner, and the conversation actually steers towards comics. And then 
right afterwards, I'm like, wow, we actually had a dinner conversation about comics. We get back into the vehicle and she's like, uh, are you going to turn on sexy Seacrest again so I can start <laughs> listening to him? And uh, so that, yeah, I know when you shared that story, I was like, oh God, because actually I have this absolute aversion from listening to myself. Um, and I know we did like a drawing the other day in the owls and, you know, I'm sitting there and I, and I had to go back and play it a different way and record it a different way. So I had to listen to myself for five minutes. Um, and so I hate it, but I'm glad, I'm glad to know somebody else out there did it. And, um, it brought some people, it sounds like, uh, talking about comics some more. So that's, that's always good. Well, you have a huge fan that has told other people how sexy you sound. Well, Hawkeye always tells me that anyway, so um, I hear it all the time. Um, well, cool. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, I think for me, you know, when I've looked at, um, you know, some of the things that I've been most excited, you know, about since last time we got on, um, one, we, we had our first contest. Um, and I know boom Stan is going to, is going to cover our, our two winners. Um, but you know, I really, I really like it. Obviously, you know, we get to sit around and talk about things we love, things that we've loved, you know, since we were kids. Um, and you know, to have people just, you know, listening to us a little bit while we do that, um, is great. And so, you know, hopefully, uh, we can keep, you know, doing these things together, having fun as, you know, a group of friends who just like shooting the shit and kind of talking about things that, that we all like. So, uh, without further ado, let's, uh, have boom stamp kind of cover our two winners. Um, and then we'll, we'll reach out and he'll kind of go through like how we're going to reach out to, uh, to give the prize. So boom, uh, you want to share who the two winners are? Yeah, sure do. Um, well, let's recap about the, uh, the, the, the contest that we had, the, uh, the contenders had to uh, contact me with the uh, keyword or, you know, key phrase, and that was Action Comics. And uh, we have two people that uh, we picked that one, uh, and they're going to get a, uh, a comic book of choice, I think, uh, on either Kindle or another uh, app that they can use to uh, digitally read comic books. And uh, the people that won are, drumroll please, uh, Bridgely from the New Gods and Warrior from the New Gods. Awesome. Oh, wow. Well, congrats, guys. And, and thanks for listening. And, and you know, we, I kind of just threw that in at, at the end of last episode just because I was looking at it. I was like, man, you know, we're an hour over an hour in, I think, at that point. And I was like, if anybody's listening um, this long in, um, they absolutely, uh, deserve some stuff. So, so thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Yeah. I'll contact you guys with the, uh, uh, with a way to, to, you know, to hash this out and, uh, get you guys the prize that you, uh, that you won. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for handling all that, boom. No problem. Uh, should we keep that going and have a secret, password at the end of this episode sure actually let's just throw it in somewhere randomly so at some point um hawkeye is driving the episode today so at some point hawkeye you just say the word it could be mid-sentence whatever you say hey here's the secret word 
And everybody, if you're listening, hit up Boom Stan and, uh, and we'll do another one uh, for this episode as well. All right. Sounds like a plan. Cool. Nice. So, Hawkeye, you got the, you have the floor. All right. So, uh, I, I figured this month, uh, we would start off with some movie talk. Um, we had DC's first big movie of the year come out, uh, Shazam 2. Um, I'm not sure if everybody's had a chance to see it yet or not. I, I know Digi has, and I believe Boom has. I don't know about you, though, Burger. I have not, but I'm, fi- I'm totally fine with spoilers. You guys roll through. All right. Well, we'll do kind of a brief little recap of uh, non-spoilery stuff and then maybe get in some more spoilers uh, after a quick warning for anybody that's still wanting to see the movie. Um, overall, what did you guys think of it? Digi, I know you... Uh, you had some thoughts on it for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought the humor was the same. I liked the focus on Fred, you know, Freddie getting, you know, a side story of his own. The, I guess the one downside would be uh, the villains weren't actually canon villains, you know, not from the comics. But uh, it was a, it was a fun movie. Yeah, I agree. It was a fun movie. That the humor in it was great. Uh, I liked that it tied into the uh, comic book uh, that that prequeled it, or that you know was kind of like in between movie one and movie two. Um, I liked that aspect. It, uh, you know, you could watch it without having read the comic book, so uh, it wasn't a necessity. Um, I I guess I I. Would have liked to see more of the uh, uh, the other villain that was uh, teased at the end, but it was also teased at the end of movie one, the Mister Mind. You know, I, I would have hoped he would have had a bigger bigger part to play in the movie. But overall, it was a it was a great movie. It made me laugh, made me cry. So yeah, it was a good movie. But yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I think that it kept the same hard humor from the first movie for sure. Um, you know, I think that. It had decent set pieces, as Boom touched on, throwing the big spoiler out there of, uh, of the credit scenes we were going to get to in a bit. Um, but just not having the original villains uh, from the comics represented, especially for a hero that's only had one movie, was kind of a misstep in my book. I do think that they did a decent job with, with those set villains, though. Uh, what did you guys think of them overall? You know, is it somebody that you could see being brought into the comics, perhaps? Oh, I believe that they could be brought in. I mean, anytime you have the gods, I mean, these are the daughters of Atlas. Um, they, they could definitely been brought in. I mean, uh, it is unfortunate that they didn't want to use any of the monster society of evil. I mean, there's a plethora of, of obscure villains they could have picked from there. Uh, absolutely. Like, like, like Boom said, you know, they, in the, the first one, they teased, uh, using, uh, Mr. Mind. And, uh, I, I really would have enjoyed seeing that. And, uh, I, I did enjoy the, uh, cut scene or, or the end credit scene at the very end of the credits, uh, <laughs> where the filmmakers just kind of played around with the thought, thought of, yeah, we know we, he was supposed to be in this one. We didn't really do it. So, th- uh, there's a little nice little joke about him, him having small legs and not being able to move that fast. That's why his plan's taking so long. Uh, that definitely made me laugh. Um, so let's go ahead and transition a little bit into some more spoilers. 
you know, specifically, you know, what were some of your favorite moments in the movie? Uh, maybe you, which of the uh, the characters you like the best in it in this one? Uh, feel free to touch on anything like that, guys. I enjoyed uh, Freddie and the youngest daughter of Atlas. You know, their relationship, the mistrust, the building back the trust later. Um, the I, I really enjoyed seeing Billy grow up and having him insecure, which he would be from heaven and his, uh, you know, his family abandoned him. So, I mean, the story and the plot to that extent really made sense to me. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I, I do like that they kind of branched out into the other kids and, you know, each of them for the most part got a story or plot line that was their own specific story. Um, you know, I thought that it was kind of, it was kind of enjoyable with the, uh, and I think of Darla, uh, her payoff in the in the big final fight scene. I, I was cracking up in the movie theater with the whole unicorns and skittles. Yeah, the skittles. They brought it up early and they teased it, and then they had the good payoff with it. Yeah. And normally, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the product placement, but I felt that it was pretty well done uh, in this movie. Um, I was actually really impressed with the, uh, I think his name's Asher. Um, Asher Angel, the actor. Yeah, Asher Angel. I thought he, in the few scenes that he had as Billy, I thought he actually did a really good job. Uh, you know, they built the relationship between him and the foster mother up throughout the movie. And uh, I think it had a pretty good payoff in the finale as well. Oh, exactly. I think I had something in my eye. I think I had dust flying my <laughs> eye. Definitely. Family aspect of the movie, the, the, the relationship between Billy and his uh, uh, adoptive, no, not adoptive, foster parents. Uh, that was really uh, heartwarming, if you will. Uh, obviously, I like, I like the action scenes and you know, I like the references to the other other genres, like, you know, uh, of the rings and uh, the, the fast and furious uh, references i really like those that those, those make me laugh oh also the captain everything jr you know because he was captain marvel jr but he calls billy that yes yeah, yes um, the philly fiasco was also a uh, nice little running bit they had throughout the movie that i enjoyed um, oh and an annabelle cameo in the uh pediatrician's office there. yes yes um, the director of this actually, I believe, did it. Well, that's where that came from. Um, do, do, do you guys have anything else you want to say on Shazam? Or? I wish it, that it made more money. I mean, I thought it was as good as any movie making money today. You know, similar to Dungeons and Dragons, which I also thought was a good movie. Well, like I think that that's that's something that I actually did want to talk about a little bit with you guys is uh, just the state of DC movies and what the next year is going to look like as we um, work through these last four films that have ties to the old universe going into the new universe. Um, you know, one thing I would tell people is you're going to hear a lot of doom and gloom uh, because. You know, the box office on some of these movies probably isn't going to be that great. Um, Shazam, for example, is it's not exactly a bomb, but 
definitely not a huge success either. Um, so as people are preparing for the James Gunn movies, I think that there's going to be um, kind of a hesitancy to go watch these movies that aren't going to matter, you know, as in the cinematic universe sense of the word matter. Well, which movie are we going to get? We're going to get Aquaman 2, Flash. And Blue Beetle. Yeah. Well, Blue Beetle, I mean, a lot of people who are not necessarily comic book fans are probably not going to know who he is. Well, let's say let's say the talk about Blue Beetle until we get to the Blue Beetle trailer here in a minute. Uh, yeah, came sure. out this last I, week. I, I, what, I, what I was trying to say was that I, I think I largely agree with you. Um, I don't think the in-between movies before the James Gunn universe will do as good as, as we, we may hope. Um, I'm just hoping they'll do okay enough. Uh, but let's face it, they're probably not going to get any uh, sequel or anything. So, you know... Uh, let's not get our hopes up. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things I would say, um, well, actually, the, we'll talk about it as we talk about the movies. Uh, so let's just move on to the Flash trailer. Did all three of you guys have all three of you guys seen that? Yes, sir. Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. All right. So, um, what are your guys' thoughts on this one? I mean, one word, Keaton, right? I mean, he is, I, I think he's going to bring in some of the box office himself. Yeah, that, that's one thing I think there's a lot of nostalgia for um, that era of DC, DC films, and in particular the Batman films. Um, you know, it, this movie is going to be kind of a weird amount, amalgamation of uh, all the DC movies that have came before we're going to see some stuff from the Snyderverse. Um, we're going to see some stuff from just different places, you know, Keaton, the Snyderverse. Um, I wanted to talk about something. Am I crazy or did, is Christian Bale in that trailer? The Christian Bale back. It looked like the Christian Bale that cycle. That, 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 that was my takeaway as well. That was at the very least a cycle. Not not sure what Batman will be, you know, because clearly Batfleck is in there and then Bat Keaton is in there. But I mean, that did look like the Christian Bell Bat cycle, but I think it's going to be Keaton in it. Yeah, you never know with how, you know, this kind of flexes around and, you know, he's they've shown where, you know, Flash, you know, obviously in the past he was in the Flash TV show, right? Um, and interacting with other ones. So, you know, this could be something where he's kind of messing around and like looking at different universes and that just kind of pops up briefly, kind of showing the Dark Knight stuff, right? But yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're talking about, Hawkeye. I definitely saw it in there too. Apparently, Wonder Woman supposed to have a cameo as well. I mean, that's, I've heard that was confirmed. Uh, are you sure that it's not just going to be Digimon Hansu in a Wonder Woman outfit? Like in Japan? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe somebody else's face on Wonder Woman's body. Who knows? Has it been confirmed that Gal's uh, going to play another Wonder Woman movie? Or is this still up in the air? 
No, I don't believe that has been confirmed. I think she may have a few cameos left, but I don't think another Wonder Woman movie is confirmed at all. Uh, yeah, Patty Jenkins' name is kind of in the trash right now, so I, I do not think they're going to be doing anything moving forward with uh, that particular Wonder Woman franchise. Um, and I think that that's part of the reason why they're doing the uh, Paradise Lost series rather than a Wonder Woman movie is I think they're probably trying to buy themselves some time between uh, the Gail Godot movies and their new Super Wonder Woman uh, going forward. Um, one of the things I <laughs> I kind of laughed at myself when I when I saw in the trailers was uh you know there's two Ezra Millers in the trailer in the in the movie and uh, I just said man Hawaii does not know what's got coming for them if there's two of them now. Flash, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and that's one of the things too that's really going to complicate things. Is, uh, both Flash and Aquaman have a lot of baggage with them as far as how people feel about the actors in the movies and also just how long the movies have taken to come out. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. I just, I just hope that they get the chance to, you know, finish their stories, if you will. You know, that's why I'm kind of rooting for a third one Woman movie, you know, just to finish it up and same with Aquaman. I mean, I just hope that they sort of finish their uh, their story that they wanted to tell. And that's that's one thing that I, you know, going forward with DC and Marvel even, I hope that they do is, I, I, I'm hoping that they get to a point with these movies where instead of feeling like they need to do a reboot, you know, just start treating it like a game. Um, you know, just a new character, new actor playing the role. You don't even have to acknowledge it. You know, you might make a joke saying, oh, you, you know, are you doing something different with your hair or something? Uh, that way we don't just have to retread from ground zero. Um, at, at all times, maybe, um, maybe we get some blonde characters too. Aquaman usually blonde, Barry usually blonde, Supergirl usually blonde. Uh, exactly. Uh, I can't believe Flash is only like two months away at this point. It's pretty crazy when you consider that movie's been in some form of production for like seven years now that it's actually this close to coming out. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say about, you know, comics, you know, we're so used to having reboots, right? Like it's, I mean, every time you turn around, there's like a crisis or something, right? So, so I do think, you know, especially hardcore fans are pretty comfortable with it. Um, and I think that's probably one of the things that you're seeing now with some of the, the latest comic book movies. I mean, you have a very public, um, hey, changing of the guard, right? And so you have a very public, hey, here's the new people. They're outlining their new plan. Here's all these things that's going to happen. But at the same time, you have things that were in the works prior. And so I, I think, you know, you're, you're going to have like hardcore movie or hardcore DC people go check out these movies no matter what, because, you know, we love the characters. We love all that stuff. Um, but the people that are kind of like, that, that see any of this in the news that are on the fence with some of it that are like, Hey, you know, I, I like the fact that it kind of tells a continuous story and it ties all these bits and pieces together. Um, and, you know, kind of pulls together this, this cool universe and gives us somebody to root for over a long period of time. You know, they like those casual people that kind of do it, like they, 
they may be turned off. And then also I'm sure there's probably something with like the marketing as well. Like, you know, if you know that it's not necessarily the way forward and you have the option of, Hey, we're going to drop millions and millions of dollars in marketing. Um, or Hey, let's just hold on to it. Let's let the movies roll. And there you go. And then, you know, kind of, you know, just kind of see what happens later. You know, I think, I think there's a few different aspects that are kind of affecting the movies now and that we might continue to see, but I do think flash is going to be, I bet it's regardless of everything that's been happening publicly with, with actors and stuff like it's, I think it's going to be a good movie and I think it's going to get a lot of hype because I, that'll be what resets everything. Right. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that as well. You know, do the, the reset, you know, just do, well, not exactly wipe the slate clean, but, you know, just get a fresh start and, you know, give, uh, give the new, uni- new universe from uh, James Gunn a chance. You know, just, you know, don't shoot it down before it's actually started yet. All right. So just to keep things moving along, um, just because we're, we're already looking at almost 30 minutes in, um, what did you guys think of the Blue, Blue Beetle trailer? I only have one question for Digi. How excited were you that the bug from Ted Court was in the trailer? Oh, yeah, I'm ecstatic about it. I mean, if Ted Court's in this movie, I mean, I'm going to go see it regardless, but yeah, I'm I'm extremely excited about it. I end up thinking that this might end up being a, a sleeper hit. Um, uh, one of the things I was talking to Digi about the other night is... This is going to be the first uh, Hispanic superhero. Um, so I could very, very easily see um, folks rallying behind this much in the way that uh, Black Panther was rallied behind when it came out. Um, I think oh, yeah, no between question. that, you know, having a younger superhero, uh, you know, kind of in the vein of Spider-Man uh, combined with you know, having having the Hispanic background, I think that uh, it definitely has the makings of something that could, could surprise a lot of people at the box office. And Victoria Cord, uh, Ted's sister, seems to be the main antagonist from, you know, what we can see from the trailer. Played Blot by uh, Susan Sarandon, so. It's kind of open for Black Beetle, but. Well, I, I think that you, you have to kind of start a little bit smaller and not go into the full reach mythology when you're uh, introducing Blue Beetle. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, I agree with that. I sure. will say, I, I will say one of the things that's going to be very confusing is James Gunn's been pretty public on this, that this uh, movie could kind of be either in or out of the new universe. And I really think that they're just kind of edging their bets. And if it's a big hit, then they'll bring it with them. If it's a dud, then, you know, we'll probably see Ted Ford when uh, the Booster Gold uh, stuff starts coming out. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I don't see him listed on IMDb or in any of the credits, the Ted Cord character. So. And that's one thing I would say, too, is I think that you could possibly see it being some kind of in-credit stinger where maybe he's introduced. Um, especially if the box office tracking looks right, they might say, hey, let's introduce Ted for setting up the DCU with Booster. Um, so 
definitely excited to see more of this. I thought the trailer looked really solid. I thought the suit looked awesome. Um, hopefully, when this comes out in August, you know, maybe DCL gets a uh, solid Blue Beetle work rework instead of absolute garbage we've been stuck with. So you don't um, like the new, the current one? <laughs> um, so moving on, uh, we do have one other big piece of uh, information that was dropped, um, and that is James Mangold is going to be writing and directing Swamp Thing. Um, Mangold did Ford versus Ferrari, did Copland way back in the day. Um, he's doing the new Indiana Jones movie that's coming out this year. And uh, he also has some comic book chops because he was the director of Logan, uh, one of the best superhero movies ever made. So I think that's an exciting pairing, and uh, I'm glad to see that Gunn and Saffron are going out and getting some very top top line talent for for this first phase of the, the new DC universe. Uh, you guys got anything you want to add to to that? Yeah, if he can have uh, Harrison Ford run around, uh, he's doing a damn good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, Indiana so, Jones and the prostate check. I think, is that what this one's called? <laughs> I do not think so. Uh, I think it's the prostate of Dave. Sure. <laughs> um, Dave Becker. That actually sounds right, pretty so, scary. <laughs> pretty scary. <huh? laughs> um, so, we're not going to dwell on this too much. Uh, I am going to give you guys an assignment, though for the next time we record an episode. Yeah. Uh, I, I I want you guys to come up with a character and director pairing that you would love to see in the new DC universe. Um, you can either look at the stuff that's already been announced and pair it up with the director, or you can decide you want to go off filter and come up with your own pairing with a character that hadn't been announced for a movie yet. Either one's fine. But that whenever we record next time, I want some answers to that question, guys. Perfect. Hey, James, James Cameron, Aquaman. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are a comic talk show, not a comic book movie talk show. So let's dive into the comic books. And uh, well, this week we had the wrap of probably one of the best events DC has done in quite some time. The One Minute War that wrapped up in Flash Comics this week. Um, Jeremy Adams has been absolutely killing it on the Flash. He's had so many great issues, great storylines. Uh, he's really made the Flash fun again. Um, what did you guys think? What, and his run's going to end in September or August. There's a new writer in September. Uh, so what have you guys thought about his run? What do you guys think about the event? And... Uh, uh, other than that, you know, what do you want to see him do next? Maybe. So I, um, you guys have heard me say it several times, so it's, it's no surprise. I, this is actually probably one of my favorite storylines that I've read in a very long time. Um, you know, I, I think it was crazy original, um, you know, brought in, um, new kind of foes, new, new bad guys, into it you know i i really liked some of the drama around it how they pulled in some of the other heroes um yeah how they had like all this family together um you know i i liked how like it was kind of hitting on like the the heartstrings a little bit um the only the only thing that i would say is you know 
I loved everything, like all of, you know, like the, the portions of the minute, the finale, you know, I liked it. I think it did a good job kind of pulling together the family um, and kind of showing like some path forward. Like I'm really excited about the Max Mercury and impulse. Hopefully that turns into something. Um, The only thing I would say is it kind of seems like it's like a, a midpoint, right? Like it's a big, big story. And then it's like, Hey, now this guy's locked into a battery and the big bad is, you know, basically putting a battery in. And we know that he brought up in one of the things like, Hey, I'm going to thaw you out every thousand years or whatever um, to play with you or torture you or whatever. Um, But that, you know, now then the big bad is the one that ended up in that battery. Um, And, you know, it was shown that he's like one of like the best, um, kind of antennas for the speed force. Right. And so it kind of seems like it's like a midpoint, like, Hey, did this massive story. And then it's like, okay, now he's locked in a battery and I'm sure we're going to see him later at some point. Um, and you know, with, you know, with his ability to channel the speed force, you know, years, like a thousand years, a hundred thousand years doesn't really mean anything. Right. Like these people, I mean, they can go back and forth through time um, especially somebody that seems like as powerful as he is. So like, I think it's kind of like a midpoint, like, Hey, we're going to see him again soon. But, but, but again, I loved bringing in new, new villains, um, you know, having like this cool new story, this whole concept of it, like, like fighting within a second, basically. Um, and just how crazy that was. So I, I really, really loved that. And that's really cool. I agree. I, um, uh just wanted to add that uh you know they his own army of the bad guy uh his own army turned on him pretty quickly when uh, when they learned that he was an organic speedster so that was kind of uh that was kind of cool to look at but uh at the same time when uh when they fixed everything you know they put him in the battery and uh everything was uh, pulled back in time and, and everything was uh on the dory again the uh, the guys on the ship that weren't exactly you know the the leaders they said okay we we are without our leader so they must have done something on that planet we were trying to conquer so let's not conquer it after all and bye bye let's leave that was kind of a weird way to end things but overall yeah I, I really like the uh, the series the 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 event I really like that. Um, they pulled the Flash family together again. I really like the family story arcs overall. Um, in the past, it was always one Flash replacing the other. You know, it was uh, Barry and then Wally replaced Barry and then Barry replaced Wally again. And now, you know, they're they're all there. I really like that. They're all working together. They're one big family. I thought that was pretty uh Pretty cool. Okay, so one of my favorite parts is everybody here was talking about it early. Superman actually gets to grab one of those beasts with Miss Mer a little bit. That was in Flash seven ninety four. He actually grabs a hold of them. He grabs it. He grabs the tails of the of the dogs and then he, he kind of rips them off. Oh yeah, and then of course in Flash seven ninety six. Well, at the end of Flash 795, uh, Walt, when Wally was quote-unquote disintegrated, he comes back to Time Point, which they have redubbed Flash Planet, and you get to see Commander still 
Lagoon Boy, you know, Red Devil, who used to be Kid Devil, and Blue Jay, some of the heroes that you thought were dead, but they're living oh, on this. All the guys from Heroes in, in Crisis that died. Yeah, I mean, so that was fun. They included all of them, and they got to help out at the end. Yeah, and they kind of redeemed that story, because I don't think uh, a lot of people like that Heroes in Crisis story much. So uh, they kind of redeemed that with this. thought that was pretty cool as well. I agree. Uh, the uh, Barry, you know, Barry gets his moment with Iris, you know, and then sums it up, and then they're back at the barbecue, which was super cool. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, you know, that they actually addressed, like, the Roy part of, like, the Heroes in Crisis because, you know, Roy obviously came back, you know, as, like, a Black Lantern, right, and, like, all that. So I think they kind of addressed, like, hey, he kind of, you know, went his own way or, or what. I forgot how they put it. Yeah, yeah, he came back a Black Lantern and then, then he came back uh, for real. But they never touched on, on the other uh, heroes, uh, or, you know, people that were at the sanctuary that were uh, also killed by the surge that Wally did. So uh, this was a nice way to uh, to bring them back. I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, I, I definitely agree with everything you guys said. I, I love the fact that they really gave each one of the Flash uh, family members their own moment to shine in it. Uh, it was nice to see Jesse put on the Liberty Bell uh, costume that was her mom's. Um, you know, I, I like the, I've always loved the Max and Impulse relationship, so I'm happy to see that they're continuing to build on that. I thought that Ace and, Ace and uh, Bart had some good moments playing off of each other as well. Um, you know, I, I think that Jeremy Adams just had a, a really, really good run. Um, you know, I think that one of the things that I'm a little bit uh, peeved by is I feel like he was still setting more stuff up that I don't think he's going to have time to resolve by the end of his run. And uh, that's one thing that I've always loved about Flash is he's had some very long, very successful runs. Like, you know, Mark Wade spent years on it. Jeff Johns spent years on it. Jeff Johns spent years on it again. Um, so they've had some really, really long character-defining runs with the Flash book, and I felt like Adams was going to be able to do one of those, and I feel like now it's going to get cut short. So that I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah, but who knows? Uh, the new creative team could do even better. That's just, you know, hope for the best. Well, my biggest worry is uh, Cy Spurrier is the writer that's going to be taking it over. And, oh, yeah, uh, I know that. And he his, I want to say in his interview, he was saying stuff like cosmic horror. Nothing doesn't scream the flash to me like cosmic horror. So that kind of worries me that a lot of the the groundwork that Jeremy Adams set up is going to be either ignored or at least at the very least put on the back burner. And I don't know whether the Flash family is going to be the uh, focus or not. Because mm -hmm. I'm, you know, to relate to another. Book that we've been that we're probably not going to discuss until next month, just because it's going to wrap up next month, is um, uh, Star Girl and the Lost Children. Uh, there is a character named Judy Garrick in that. I would have really, really liked to see Jeremy Adams uh, be able to work with her after that series wraps and incorporating her into the Flash family. And oh, yeah, uh, that that's something that we're not going to get. 
yeah, I, I, I agree that that would be a loss if that, you know, if they didn't uh, incorporate the daughter of uh, Jake Eric. Because at this moment, I don't think Jay even knows he has a daughter. So um, I think that we've done quite a bit there on uh, One Minute War and Jeremy Adams' run. I know he's going to be taking over Green Lantern here later this year. Uh, so that's going to be exciting. Um, another event that just wrapped up, or I think it may have one more issue in the Revenge of the Gods miniseries, um, is Lazarus Planet. Um, I kind of felt like it was all over the place. It had some good, some bad. I felt like the tie-ins were pretty strong. Uh, lots of characters introduced and reintroduced. Uh, what did you guys like and dislike about that? I, I liked uh, Yara Flora coming back to help Billy when uh, Wonder Woman was flip-flopping, like her allegiance is there. Yeah, I, uh, so I like kind of the premise, but I agree. I think Lazarus Planet's been like all over the place. Um, you know, we still don't have like a true reason why what's happening is happening. And so hopefully, um, you know, that is kind of answered, like why like the gods are doing what they're doing right now outside of just, you know, kind of being tired of being forgotten and they want to be worshipped, I guess. Um, but, you know, it, it, I think it'll be interesting. You know, I know you have this last um, comic, you know, had them making it to Olympus, right? And then Yara Floor and Billy go up there, um, you know, kind of, you know, ask for answers. And then all of a sudden at the end you see, you know, the wizard Shazam come out uh, Marmigan or whatever and you know comes out and you know Billy's kind of like flabbergasted like you know what the heck's going on um, and then obviously there's spoilers into the the next book because if you look at like the cover cover of the next book like it kind of shows you know Billy in chains looking physically um, and, you know just drained um, and so so it'd be interesting to kind of see where this is going but yeah, Lazarus Planet, I think, started off like it was a kind of a cool concept, what was going on. But then it it kind of just seems like it's all choppy and kind of thrown together. And um, they rushed something that should have probably been a lot longer and more in depth and kind of just tried to cobble it all together. And it's I mean, it's OK, but it's it's definitely not something that I'm crazy excited about. Like when I get those books in Lazarus Planet ones are generally one of the the last books that I get when they when they come in every week or that I read. I definitely felt it could have used more of a main book that was kind of the driving force behind it. Um, I felt that it interrupted a lot of books um, rather than being its own thing. It kind of had its tentacles in a lot of other books that it definitely didn't need to. Um, I do feel like that the beignets and all the one shots uh, set up a lot of interesting stories. I, I really enjoyed the uh, Rene Montoya one. Um, also enjoyed the Firestorm ones. It's nice to see some classic characters coming back in the, to the fold with those. Um, I just hope that they kind of pay off um, what they set up with those. Um, so moving on here so we can uh, try to hit up all the books that we have on our list here. Uh, 
one of the things we wanted to talk about was Action Comics 1052 and 1053, as well as the first uh, one or two issues of Superman and John Kent. So let's just kind of do a whole Kryptonian section here, guys. Digi, I know you put several of these books on the list, so uh, go ahead and hit the points you want to talk on there, sir. Well, it was uh, cool to see Metallo and um, the way that they've been manipulating him uh, through his sister. You know, they have been changing all of the Superman villains of late. I guess the mad scientists have been. Um, using the voice of his sister. Uh, I guess it was Lex, correct, that told him to kill the entire super family? Well, we, uh, it was hinted that it was Lex, but uh, doesn't seem to be Lex after all. More of the, I guess, mad scientist from Superman 2? Yeah, that's what it's looking like, yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. And the main one that kind of looks like Marilyn Manson, uh, his name's Graft, correct? I thought it was funny that one of them said, we're the Society of Mad Scientists. And one of them was like, hey, that name's, uh, we don't like that name. It's, it's disgraceful to scientists everywhere. Uh, in that group, I, I think we got to see what T.O. Morrow was back. Um, as well as Dr. Farm in that? Yeah, I also think, wasn't Ivo there as well? But yeah, it, it was definitely a nice little thing to introduce with the uh, you know, kind of society of mad scientists. Um, definitely a fun little thing to introduce. Um, and that, that's another thing too I saw is we right now in action and in Superman, you have Parasite and Metallic. Uh, it's almost like they themed it for DCL right now. I know, right? Both of them have been uh, re-enhanced extra powers. They're better than what they used to be, both of them. Yeah, and you kind of see like them multiplying, right? And, you know, where they were always like a big bad like now you're starting to see you know metallo making his minions parasite cloning itself you know spreading kind of evolving you know it kind of reminds me of you know doomsday and new 52 um and so you're kind of seeing you know some of this like hey how are they going to get out of this next you know you see lois infected um now you see superman get infected at the end and so it's uh, by the parasite virus. And so, yeah, there's a lot of little, um, you know, it's like, hey, these things are like, it was always bad, like with this one being running around. Now, you know, just look how exponentially bad it is getting or, you know, the little army that Metallo is kind of putting together um, of all these individuals. So so is this Marilyn Moonlight? Was Superman 2 her first appearance? And I, I mean, I can see her coming into play because she did recharge Superman with Moonlight. And he he a comment about that. Yes, that was her first appearance. And she will be in DCL next month, most likely. Just everybody just going, who is this? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Well, that's what happens a lot of times, right? Like a random person comes in. Um, but no, I, I thought it was, you know, obviously it showed flashbacks. So I'm sure there's going to be more story to it. Um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, it's, I, I like it. I, I think, so are we talking about all, um, Superman books? So you guys read the adventures of Superman with John Kent? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean that, you know, at first I was like, man, how are they going to go with this? You know, I, I, I thought it was going to be like a, a crazy story about, you know, like John tears being trapped in the volcano you know, after he went exploring with Jor-El and got, you know, trapped on Earth 3 with the crime syndicate and Ultraman, you know, putting him in a volcano where he's cut off from the sun. And I was like, hey, it's probably going to do a lot of flashbacks getting back to like, hey, how's he getting back to um, Earth? And, you know, that whole story and kind of going through some of the things that he went through. Um, and in reality, who we thought was going to be the big bad in this really big, uh, you know, arch enemy arch enemy that he has um you know it's kind of he he was in there for about two or three pages um and so everybody knows that you know basically uh valzod um you know president superman uh or i guess he's president superman on one comic uh but this was earth two right with val with valzod and uh lois where she becomes red tornado um you know they're tracking Ultraman jumping from universe to universe, uh, killing, um, every Superman. Right. And basically like, they're like, Hey, we, we can't just grab Kal-El and run against this. Um, we need to have a, uh, we need, we need to take, uh, John. And so they recruit John. Um, they go into some cool backstories, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, really there's only two of you out there. And so they kind of do like a, and they said the other one is is fighting a horde of of dead people basically, um, which is giving a, sh a shout out to to deceased, um, you know, story which I I really really am enjoying those comic books as well, um, but so it gives a shout out to that, but kind of says hey like you know you're a rarity like every everywhere else like you're either really young or you're not there, um, and kind of talking about the differences between the universes and you know kind of how he got to a story, anyways. So he gets there, he displays his power that he kind of first showed in Lazarus Planet, you know, in one of like the little side quests of, of that series, um, you know, where he kind of gets like the blue Superman power from back in the day, back in the, what was it, late 90s or early 2000s. And um, so he displays it again, you know, easily dispatches uh, Ultraman when he did it. But again, kind of as another nod to, I think, you know, New 52, you know, Superman's solar flare, you know, does it and then kind of burns out and then kind of collapses to the ground. Right. Um, which brings the, the next new bad up. And so I, I don't want to ruin it. Cause I know, did you wanted to talk about this, but did you want to kind of go through everything? Oh, I mean, they turned it up to 11 immediately. Yeah. Like you were saying, I thought this was going to be an Ultraman series. Like, it was going to be a big battle, and at the end, they put Ultraman in prison or something, and nope, Injustice Superman pops out and ends that storyline really quick. And uh, and not just that, it gets emotional. You actually see him tear up and look at John and say, you have your mother's eyes, which, you know, I mean, it just, that episode blew me away. You know, Ultraman getting his, getting his neck snapped. I was I was right there with Digi. I was, you know, expecting a full run with Ultraman being the big bad, and 
you know, now they just yeah, see two. It was a great comic. I guess just the Superman um, is the big bad right about now. Well, rough is a, maybe uh, the wrong word, but it was I also wanted to, kind of rough to uh, uh, chime in on what Berger said about Superman Blue. Uh, I mean, John actually displayed those powers before, but in a different book. It was in, uh, I think it was in The Adventures of, of the Super Sons. You know, the, the book where uh, he and Damien were like 10, 11 years old and they were going on adventures. And somewhere along the line, he was hit by a, some kind of beam or something. And it, he split into two separate beings, just like his father. And you had a, a red uh, John and a blue John. So he sort of had those uh, energy powers before. So, but it's cool that, to see them... Uh, right now in, in, in the new book as well. So, yeah. Ooh, right. I think we could, did you say? Oh, uh, well, considering that every super family member has their own thing, like Connor's going to be going out and you have the super twins right now from more world. I think they wanted to give John like a, just a different type of identity. And this whole blue John, I think is, it works, you know, where they want to run with. Yeah. And I like it. All right. So, just because we're we're starting to get along in the teeth here, uh, I want to kind of hit. We got four more books to hit, and we're going to drop something off to maybe another episode in the future. There for that last question we had. Um, Superman Lost. I am not sure which one of you guys put that on there to talk about. I believe it was Boob Sam. I did. Uh, yeah. I, I have not touched that book, so I have nothing to say on it. Boom. Fill us in. Uh, well, it's about uh, Superman and uh, Lois and, well, how they are, you know, uh, going about their day. And then Superman gets called away for a mission with the uh, Justice League. There is a, um, a ship. Uh, well, what? Well, the, 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 I think it was the Chinese that uh, reported a submarine missing or something, but it turns out to be an alien ship. It turns out to be uh, having a, uh, what's it called, the, the, the distress signal that was sent out. And um, it, uh, it, 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 it actually has a sort of time drive or something. And um, it creates a, uh, a black hole and it, uh, when it uh, when it's about to explode, so all the the guys from the Justice League are uh, having to to go and uh, uh, save the ship, save the the, the crew. But uh, only Superman can go in to the black hole and try to uh, stop it at its source. So they make a, a big tether with one of them was Lasso, and all the Justice Leaguers are kind of like an anchor to to Superman. But it it is revealed later that. Uh, you know, Superman was lost. He was lost in the black hole. Um, and then the next panel, you see Batman uh, uh, knocking on Lois's door. Uh, you know, about to bring him the uh, bring her the bad news that they you know that they lost Superman. And then he finds uh, Superman in his uh, in his own living room, and he's he's surprised. And then Lois is like, "Why are you surprised to see him in his own in his own house?" And then you know. Superman just drops the bomb and says, Lois, I've been gone for the last 20 years. 
And that's basically the the book in a nutshell. And uh, well, I wonder. I'm lo- I'm looking forward to how that this is gonna, you know, play out. And I think they're gonna um, show us what what went what what happened in the in the uh, last twenty years or something. But I'm more curious about what how how it will affect the relationship between Lois and Clark. You know how how Lois will react to it. So yeah, I as a Superman fan, I liked it. Um, and I wonder what you guys will think of it when you eventually read it. I don't know if anyone yet has read it. Maybe Digi. Oh yeah. No, I, I read it. I you know I'll say this. There's like one page in there that you know Lois. You know she's writing her book. Superman heads out. You know, she kind of falls asleep writing, right? And then, you know, she wakes up and, you know, walks in the living room is like, oh, you know, Clark, what are you doing? And he's just like standing there. And I think there's like a, you know, it's either half page or full page of him just like standing there in their living room, head held kind of low, kind of like frozen, like kind of like, oh shit, what just happened to me type thing, right? And, um, and and I think that, I mean, is one of the like most powerful, um, like images that you've kind of seen. Like normally when you think of Superman, um, you don't think of him looking like that. Um, I mean, you've seen him like being tested physically, right. You know, mentally or like, you know, all this stuff, but like, just like that look of him, like it, it was really powerful. And so I, I really was like, man, like that, that shows a lot. And, I, and so I'm really excited about how this series is going to go. Um, I, I'm a big fan. I know there's a lot of cliffhangers all throughout the first book. It seems like just based off the covers of like the second one, um, that it's going to open it up to some of what happened. And so I'm really, really excited about it. Um, and, you know, I, I wish this was something that, you know, wasn't a once a month book. Um, just because I, I, this is going to, I think this is going to be one that, you know, when it wraps up that we're all going to look back and say, Hey, this is a really, really badass storyline. Yeah, I hope so too. And, um, you know, I, I haven't, I mean, I know the, the writer, uh, Chris, Christian or Christoph Priest, um, I know he's needed. Deathstroke in the past. So he, he doesn't strike me as a, you know, big Superman uh, writer, but uh, yeah, I, I hope he, uh, I hope he makes it work. You guys definitely made a compelling case for it. Did you have you have you read the book at all? I had the book. I have not read it. I am probably going to wait until it comes out as a trade. But you guys definitely have me interested, and I will have to have to give it a look here uh, once it's collected. Um, so moving on, we also had. Uh, the Joker, the man who stopped laughing. Um, again, not a book I've looked at or uh, had on my list. So, who put that on there? And feel free to jump on it. I did. All I right. did. And um, well, it was a it's a book that continues the uh, Joker book. You know the the. 10 to 12 issues about the Joker um, where he uh, he basically, you know, goes on holiday. 
in a uh, you know kind of like a, a resort for supervillains um, where they can just uh, go on holiday and relax. Well, uh, you know to wait and plan their next uh, mayhem, I suppose. And this is a continuation of that. Um, uh, what I thought was cool that we, we had uh, uh, different types of jokers again, uh, but unlike the book, The Three Jokers, I, it feels like there were different kind of jokers. Um, in, the, in the Three book, three Jokers book, we had a, uh, you know, definite, definite type of, of joker. You know, we had like the, the mob boss joker and we had the, the clown joker and we had you know, more like the regular Joker that we know right now. Uh, and the three Jokers that were in this book, they all felt like the real Joker to me. You know, they all felt like the real deal. Uh, it turns out that one of them is, is Clayface, but there are still two of them around. So I wonder I wonder who the other, you know, which one is the real one. And I, it still has you guessing which, which is the real Joker and makes you want to, makes you think about uh, who the other Joker could be. So uh, he must be a real tough cookie because, you know, he survives getting shot, getting burned. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a cool book. I also recommend it. Uh, one of them is the British Joker, right? Or is that one of his... No, that, that's one of the uh, backup stories. That's one of the backup stories where, where, where the... Uh, uh, the, 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 each issue has a backup story about uh, Joker either trying to find you know love and and not uh, Hardy Quinn, but you know he's he's been chasing uh, Wonder Woman, Giganta, Zatanna, stuff like that, and um, well that kind of wrapped up, and then in the latest issue he uh, he ran for president. Uh, I think it's a callback to uh, very old stories about uh, the Joker uh, way back when, because, you know, they reference it. I, I never read that. I think it's way before my time. Um, and uh, in the latest, he, uh, he ran for president and then he gets um, assassins uh, who tried to kill him you know, just because he runs for office. And then he decides to... Uh, you know, leave the uh, the the presidential campaign, and then he goes to England, and he uh, <laughs> he uh, becomes the king over there. So, but that's a uh, a different story. Right now, the the main story was about him. Uh, I mean, the we what we think is the real Joker. He was uh, on holiday in uh, in Los Angeles. And he was trying to uh, leave Los Angeles and go, go back to, to Gotham, but he didn't want to do it without leaving a parting gift. So he set off bombs all throughout L.A. Uh, and then he has to rush to the airport to, uh, you know, make his plane that goes back to, to Gotham. Uh, but he is attacked by, uh, well, at, at first police, obviously, but uh, later he's attacked by... Um, uh, what's she called? Uh, she's called the Manhunter. Uh, the, the lady in the red suit and the uh, mask with the, with the bow stick. Uh, and she, yeah, uh, yeah and she, she tries to drown him in the, uh, in the LA River. 
that's how the latest issue uh, uh, ends. But at the same time, we have a different Joker that's still running around. I will say that book sounds absolutely nuts. Uh, it, it, it what you've so far. Um, it is. Burger, Digi, did either one of you guys uh, read this book? or I have not. Yeah, I mean, I've read it, but I, I was skimming through it. If I could Fair recommend enough. one new book as to, I guess, draw new readers in, it would be Doom Patrol number one. They basically, you know, set the team up and it's, you know, it's Robot Man. The chief is actually a crazy J. And then they have a new character called Beast Girl. And they come to um, Batman's on the scene and you get this new metahuman under control whose name is Degenerate, and they kind of, I guess, get him for the team. So basically the whole issue is about them setting up the team and getting it started. And then the two, like, ending pieces, you see that General Mortis is trying to get uh, Peacemaker on their case, like, to track them down. And you also see their longtime villain, uh, Monsieur Mala and the brain and Monsieur Mala actually smashes the brain and that's the end of the episode. But it's a very good jumping on point if you're looking for a new series. I mean, I I, I did recommend uh, Doom Patrol 1 or the unstoppable Doom Patrol 1. It actually started in the uh, in one of the uh, one shots from Lazarus Planet. It had a little Doom Patrol story in it. And uh, this issue from Doom Patrol continues on on that first starter that it had. All right. So we are super late in the episode again. Um, I am going to... We, I want to still touch on one more book, but I do want to throw out our uh, Praise the Pays, and that is going to be Chocolate Egg Cream. And huh. if you can explain to Boomstan where that comes from, you'll get an extra entry into the drawing as well. Uh is a reference to a certain DC comic and character. So, like I said, if you can explain to him what the reference it references, uh, I will give you an extra entry as well. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick JSA until the uh, next episode. Let's see if we can get another issue or two out um, before we start talking about it, uh, just because it's kind of been a lot of setup. Get into Batman, correct? Wonder yeah. Yeah, I want to kind of just talk about Sadarsky's uh, run thus far, and uh, just kind of get some get get some thoughts on that. So uh, we're gonna boot JSA out for this month. Uh, probably we'll pick it back up next month, but I, I do want to check out what you guys think of the main Batman book right now. Um, Burger Boom Sam, have you guys been reading that? I know Digi has. I have. Yes, I have not. Oh. So, um, the main book has been uh, kind of all over the place for me. Um, I, I, I felt like Failsafe was an interesting introduction for for the book, and then they kind of just completely left-turned it by sending Batman to this alternate Earth uh, when Failsafe uh, won. 
Um, me personally, the reason why I wanted to bring up the book is the backup strip in it, uh, especially this month's with uh, Tim Drake. Uh, he is probably my favorite Robin. I think that he has caught a lot of a lot of grief over the years for being the least developed Robin. I, I completely disagree. If you've read his, his solo series back to when he was Robin to when he was Red Robin to his time on the Titans, uh, he is, you know, if there was ever going to, to be just one of the Robins to replace Batman, it would be Tim. Um, and in this month's issue, uh, after Batman sent to this alternate Earth, uh, Tim is set out to find him. Uh, it was kind of, it kind of reminded me of, uh, the Red Robin solo book as well, because a uh, similar thing happened where Batman was sent back in time within the final crisis. Um, but in, in this, Tim's, Tim knows that he's somewhere else. And, uh, so Tim goes, to try to find him, but first he has to make a pit stop. And uh, he chooses to go to a world where his mom stole. And his uh, mom was a, uh, she died during, I want to say, she died during war games, I think it was. Um, And then he lost his dad during uh, identity crisis. Um, So he became an orphan over time rather than all at once. Uh, But he goes to this earth and he just has a beautiful talk with his, you know, his mom that's not actually his mom. Uh, just, you know, his mom from another earth. And it was, I, I, it was just a really beautiful strip. Um, really kind of uh, choked me up a little bit. And I know me and Digi talked about it a little bit the other night. Uh, have you been, what, what did you think of it, Boom? And what do you think of the main book? I liked the backup stories as well with, uh, with Tim. Uh, I thought it was very touching uh where he visited where he visited his mom or you know where uh not his mom but you know they both knew it and they still had a a great moment together i thought that was pretty cool uh i also think that um it's funny that he is the only robin that goes after bruce you know he's at at the start of the uh backup story he's trying to convince the other members of the Bat family that Batman is still alive and uh, is frustrated that the other guys don't really, you know, believe him and, you know, the other guys are like, you know, he'll, he'll come back. But, you know, he's, he's the only one that's actively going after after him, actively going after Bruce. So that's saying something. Um, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. Considering, considering he's never disappeared into the multiverse before, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, And even he he himself has disappeared uh, before, Uh, but that's something something else entirely. Um, The main book, uh, I mean, what I liked about the main book was seeing the different versions of the of the villains of of Batman. Um, You know, you have a a, a two face. Uh, Harvey Dent, who was uh, amped up on Venom. Uh, we had a similar but different version of uh, Ghost. Uh, what was it name again? Ghost. Ghostmaker. Ghost yeah, and, and now he had a different note, Ghostmaker or something. Uh, also yes. amped up on Venom, and uh, you know, seemingly a 
new origin for the Joker, where he is a speedster. So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Uh, that yeah. was Superman filling in for uh, Batman, right? That's yes. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning. Yeah. Okay, I gotta ask a question. Why can't they find a consistent costume for him? And do you guys like the big R for Tim? No, I, I, I like the big R. I mean, it's, it's uh, I think it's one of his best costumes yet. I didn't like the uh, costume that's also in the, in the game where he has this over his head. And I like the more classic Robin uh, look and feel. Um, you know, not the pixie boots and uh, and uh, uh, snakeskin uh, underwear or anything, but what? you know, the you didn't more... like the snakeskin panties. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. I like the the more modern version, but you know, it's still very. Uh, I have no idea what you guys are talking you know, about right now, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the costume of, uh, of, of the Robins. Yeah, the snakeskin panties he stole off Neymar. Or maybe Neymar stole them off him. I don't know. So I, I was going to say uh, my, my controversial opinion is I absolutely love the Red Robin costume from his solo run. Uh, it's the legendary skin in the game. Yeah, I don't like that one much. Sorry. I, it's I, my too. I, I think that is what set him apart. I know what that was with uh, Night in Kingdom Come. I, I just think it's a, it, I think it's a super clean costume. It's super simple. Um, but at the same time, it, it, you know, it, it's distinct. It stands out. Um, I think that it's a solid design. If, if, I, if I was in charge, that would be, that would be Tim's costume. And then they called him Drake for a while. I mean, that didn't really help. Much. I actually hated that when they called yeah. him Drake. Yes, because if you if you have a secret identity and you go by your superhero name is just your last name, uh, that's a pretty bad secret identity. Um, the one that I can stand is as basic. That was the uh, the New Fifty Two kind of skin. Uh, with oh, the, the wings! Uh, the wings! They just show the girl wings. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, that one was absolute trash. It stuck around for way too long. Yeah. Um, and the, just to touch on it, you know, one of the things I hate right now about DC is I really think that the main Batman book, as well as Detective Comics, I don't really care for either book right now. Uh, is, it the art, is it the artwork that's taken you out of it? Because that's what's kind of taken me away from Detective, at least. It's the artwork. Uh, it's more the writing for me. Uh, I dropped it a couple issues in. Uh, Ram V, to me, I like what he's done in the past on books like Swamp Thing and Justice League Dark, but I, I just don't think he's a great fit for Batman. Agreed. I agree. And also, what I, I was talking to, I was talking to Digi about this earlier. Um, you know, it, it feels like with Batman, it's just one thing after another after another. There's just no no respite for him. You know, there's no little break for him. You know, with the with the Superman books, you have little 
how do we have how do we have a full issue where he just you know does things with his family or something, or you know just moments in between, and with baths it's just one thing after another. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe not a multiverse. Every other you know issue, maybe not yeah. have him in the multiverse. You know, just have him. I don't know. Have him have him be Bruce Wayne again. Have him be. You know, have him have a life outside of Batman. You know, I was kind of hoping that they were, uh, they were gonna do, they were gonna go that way when they when they uh, try to marry off Bats and uh, Catwoman. You know, uh, Bruce and Selina. Uh, but you know, we all we all know how that ended. Uh, I did like the uh, Batman Catwoman uh, series by uh, I think it was Tom King, where they didn't yes. get married. And uh, you know they had a a, a kid, uh, but I'm not really sure if that's canon or not. Uh, but yeah, I, I really would have liked to see uh, the whole uh, family dynamic change a little bit when uh, when the, when they would have got ma- gotten married and they would have gotten a kid. Uh, I would have liked to see that instead of all this one crisis after another one. Uh, super big bad after another. Hey, maybe one positive they could bring from this is still that Earth's Alfred and bring him back home. There you go. <laughs> and then bye, Chip. Bye, Chip. We don't need you anymore. All right, guys. We're at almost like an hour and a half here. So I am going to throw it back over to Berger, let him wrap us up for this episode. Uh, and I will. Uh, if you guys could let's stay on for like a minute or two after we finish uh, recording. Wrap it up, right. se- sexy secret. Yeah. So, so shout out to Schmenifer. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the for subscribing uh, to only Burger fans. It was it was nice. Got got <laughs> one subscriber now. Um, Damn that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, thanks everybody for uh, for tuning in. I know it's a long episode. A lot going on. Um, you know, again, this is something we love doing. Hopefully it comes across, you know, as we're talking about everything. Um, and, uh, so yeah, stay tuned, everybody. We're going to, we'll have our, our winners next time shouting out. Um, but yeah, it was great hanging out with you guys as always. And so, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for tuning in today.